What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show Quarantine Edition. Uh, the Eagles have kept busy over the weekend. They made a few moves. Um, we're going to want to highlight those. Uh, we're all still stuck at home, so there's not much else to do except for check out free agency. But um, so the Eagles made a they signed a guy that we have been talking about on this podcast for the last week or two, actually. It's on Will Parks, Philly Will. From the University of Arizona, from the Denver Broncos, to a one-year deal. They signed, what's that linebacker's name? Jatavis Bryant, right? Or Brown. Uh, Brown, yeah. Jatavis Brown, linebacker from the Chargers. And then the city of Philadelphia mourns the loss of Nelson Aguilar, who signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. I believe that's that's all the major stuff that happened, right? Uh, Chance Wormack got signed <laughs> by the Seahawks, okay? They're taking Sorry. a chance on Wormack. Yeah, our emergency podcast didn't like something went wrong technically, so we couldn't we couldn't uh, post it. But yeah. we had we had forty five minutes on Chance Warmack the other day that we recorded. It was great. I mean, we it went was... we went <laughs> back and forth like the way he struggles with blocks. I mean, it was really something. <laughs> uh, before we get into stuff, how, how you holding up these days? Well, I mean, I'm working a lot. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I say, I say we're, we're I don't know if blessed is the right word, but we're lucky enough that our job isn't like right now isn't really impacted by all of this. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like, um, daycare is open for my kid right now. And I got a lot of crap on Twitter for saying that, but like, I, you know, everybody's excited about free agency and everything. Well, who do you think reports all that stuff? Who, who's doing all, you know what I mean? Like who's writing all those stories. So, you know, I need time to think and stuff. My wife also works in healthcare. So she also is, you know, um, like not doctor wise, but she works at CVS. So she helps with the pharmacy and everything. So she's not off either. So we're just, <clears throat> there's a lot going on there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy out there. We should say order, order, take out when you can help the food industry. Cause I know it's hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, tip, right, well, so tip well too. Tip yeah. well, be good. Be a good person. It's pretty simple. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get into some football though. Uh, let's talk. Let, let, let's hit the more minor move out first. Let's talk Jatavis. I don't really know that much about him, so you're going to have to talk about him. I know he was on the Chargers. Didn't really play that much last year, but he played quite a bit the two years before that, right? Yeah, um, you know he's a smaller linebacker, five foot eleven, two thirty to thirty five. Um, played for Gus Bradley, who typically likes taller linebackers, um, prefers guys who can move well in space. He's an athletic player. Um, interesting nugget. He went to the same high school. He was in the same high school class with, uh, Craven LeBlanc. So they both came from Glade Central and Bell Glade, uh, which is like a football factory. They've put out tons of really great uh, NFL players. Um, like it's escaping me who, who else came from there, but, uh, it's, it's a football factory in South Florida. And the two of them became really close buddies. I talked to Crave on the other day. He said that they've, they're very close and, um, look, he fits into that cohabitation matrix. He's getting the league minimum on a one-year deal, which is 910,000, I believe, uh, after the ne- renegotiations of the CBA as my dog sneezes behind me. Um, <laughs> Jack always makes a cameo these days. Bless you, Jack. Bless you. Um, Gesundheit. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's a flyer. It seems like, uh, it just seems kind of like there's this sense of you know 
the Eagles don't really care about their linebacker position. Maybe it's just that they really like what they have. I know from an outside perspective, that's not really, um, that's not really a, a reassuring outlook, I guess, for fans because Nathan Gary is the only guy that's really started, and even him, he's had some, uh some up and down moments. But again, I, I think when you look at what the Eagles have done in the past with Corey Nelson and, and LJ Fort, uh, Jatavius Brown is kind of par for the course. He can play special teams. He's got experience at middle and weak side linebacker. Um, I'll tell you this. I think they're going to draft a linebacker in the third round at the latest. Uh, I think that this is going to be an opportunity for them to really address this position because I do think this linebacker class is pretty good. So um, Jatavis Brown's a guy they can easily cut. He's also a guy that they can easily take advantage of his athleticism. He's going to be competition for Alex Singleton, for Duke Riley, um, and they'll go from there. But yeah, their linebacker group is an, is an interesting group. Yeah, so... Uh- my opinion on Jatavis Brown is he just he's the the threequel to Corey Nelson and LJ Fort, like a guy who wasn't really full time on his previous team, had some previous full time experience, and a lot of people on Eagles Twitter are pretending like they know who he is. So he kind of falls in that line, and you know, uh, yeah, he, he's I'll a be- guy that he's a guy that they're basically taking a flyer on, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, they'll cut him before the end of the season, like the last two guys. I'll be completely honest with you; I had no idea who he was. No, yeah, absolutely no idea. And honestly, he was in he was in high school when I worked in West Palm Beach. So like <laughs> the fact that like I didn't know who he was, he got a scholarship and I still didn't know who he was. <laughs> I mean, he went to the University of Akron. He set a bunch of records there. Um, from what I understand, really good guy, really good special teams player. But like as far as defensive upside, I wouldn't get too excited about him. They also signed him for like pretty much nothing. So yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Let's move on to like, in my opinion, what's going to be one of the more underrated signings that they've made in a very long time. Your yeah, guy, my, my guy, Philly. Well, um, before we get into the football side, I think we talked about this a little on the last podcast, but um, if so, if we did, I'm sorry for I'm repeating myself, but I, like I, I've said in the past, he's one of my favorite guys I've ever covered. He's just really fun, loving guy. I, I tweeted a video actually that it went viral when it happened, but it, it's kind of blown up since I tweeted it too. And when he was out of Arizona, there was a moment uh, before a game. I can't remember who was it against, but like the ref, he was like walking. Away, he was at the coin toss and he was like walking away from the ref. The ref like tapped him on the shoulder and then was going to like go announce what happened. And then Will Parks just went went back and tapped the ref on the shoulder. And it's like this, this like subtle little. I don't know if you saw the video that I tweeted out. Um, it, it's just like so funny and just kind of exemplifies Will Parks pretty well and. Yeah, he's just he's just a guy like I tweeted this right away. Like the city of Philadelphia is gonna really like him. I don't think he's like a pro bowler caliber player, but he's a smart signing. Uh it sounded like he had interest in, from other teams and he wanted to come back to Philly. He he's been in Denver the last few years. He had a pretty good college career. He's a hard hitter. He's pretty versatile. Um it's it's gonna be fun seeing him fit into this the I think he personality wise, I think he's gonna get along really well with a guy like Jalen Mills and Randy McLeod. Like I think he's really gonna fit into that locker room too. Well, actually, you want to hear something fun? He actually his trainer in Philly, Brandon Bing, who used to play for the Giants, also works with Jalen Mills and Rodney McLeod. So there's the relationship there. On top of that, Sidney Jones trains with his trainer in Texas, Ronnie Braxton, 
who's developed guys like Aqib Talib and and AJ Boye and and um, Chris Harris. So like he's got connections already to the second day. It's pretty crazy actually. Um, and I think from a locker room perspective, I was talking to you about this earlier. I've talked to several people. Uh, I obviously don't have the, the background you have with him, but everyone I talk to raves about Will as a person. And I think that that's, that's the type of guy they want in the locker room. Yeah. I, I just sent you the video. I want you to watch it. Cause I want you to see how funny it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I just think, and and even just in terms of like the Eagles' philosophy, like he's he's a young guy who can become a better player, and it's only a one year deal. So if he plays really well, they'll have to resign him and all that. But I, I think this is kind of falling in line with Howie's uh, idea of getting younger. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I I think this is here's the thing that I would say too is when you look at um, the guys that they're bringing in. They're not paying them. I mean, well, I guess you got Javon Hargrave, but like Hargrave, Brown, and Parks are all guys who can be here for a long time if they take advantage of their opportunities. And I definitely think Hargrave will. I've been a fan of Hargrave since he was a prospect. But Parks, to me, with his versatility, I think he could beat out Jalen Mills for that strong safety job. And even if he doesn't as the third safety, that's maybe one of the best opportunities to make plays on the ball that you can get, you know? Yeah. So he's a guy that I think um, is very, very set up to, he's set up to succeed here. So is Hargrave. Uh, I think Jatavis Brown set up to take advantage of an opportunity. And so it'll be interesting to see, what happens there. These guys aren't, none of these guys are being set up to fail. It felt like LJ Ford was a little bit set up to fail. It felt like some of these other guys that they brought in weren't necessary. Like Sandejo was set up to fail, uh, whether we want to accept that or not. He wasn't very good, but he also probably was never put in the right position. I mean, he seemed like a half season rental. So, um, you know, I think this is, uh, this is an interesting offseason. And, and speaking of offseason and Will Parks, I brought up Sidney Jones, who's working with Ronnie Braxton. Um, Sidney's a guy who has struggled with confidence. He struggled to stay healthy. He's going through Braxton's program, and Braxton calls himself a super trainer because what he does is he works on the mental side of the game. He work, They do like six different workouts before like three o'clock in the afternoon like they're going to yoga they're they're doing like health training they're doing stuff with nutrition like he's teaching them everything uh keep to leave the first i think five years of his career was constantly injured he went to braxton and since then i think he made five straight pro bowls so it's not for nothing. He, yeah, you can say he's just a trainer, but I think Sydney's taking the steps to better himself and, and taking the right steps to better himself. He's going to be around a bunch of Pro Bowl guys, maybe some potential Hall of Famers this offseason, and I think that'll that'll make him uh, a better player. Well, we can stick at cornerback because uh, the latest rumor, what shouldn't come as a surprise, and I think we both have thought this is probably going to happen, is that the Eagles are apparently shopping Rasul Douglas. Uh, Pro Football Talk reported it. I know you came up with a few trade ideas. I, I, I like them. I like the 49ers one in particular, but you want to go through them real quick? Yeah. Um, so the first one that I proposed was Royce Freeman uh, for the Broncos. The Broncos just signed Melvin Gordon to a two-year deal. Philip Lindsay wants an extension. Uh, you know, he's coming off of uh, 
you know, he, he was a pro bowler uh, his first two seasons. And then or he was a pro bowler. His rookie season kind of caught, caught the league by storm, kind of dealt with injuries last year. Um, but Freeman's a guy who has a connection, a couple of connections to the, uh, the coaching staff. You look at uh, Rich Gangrello, who was the Broncos offensive coordinator last year, is now the senior offensive assistant. He kind of expanded Rice Freeman's game a little bit. Uh, he caught over 45 passes uh, or over 40 passes last year kind of developed into a better receiver. He's got kind of a ground and pound style similar to Jordan Howard. And then um, TJ Pegnetti, who's the assistant running game coach slash running backs coach, was a graduate assistant slash assistant linebackers coach at Oregon when Royce Freeman was there on offense. So he's got a background with him as well. I think it makes a lot of sense. Freeman would be, you know, entering the third season of his career. He'd still be on a cheap rookie contract. Um, you know, there's only so many carries to go around and they're paying Melvin Gordon to be a three down back. Plus they have Philip Lindsay. So, um, in my, in my, the coaching staff wasn't there or, or when he was drafted. Um, Vic Fangio came in last year and it seems like they're trying to rework the offense. So he makes sense to me. They also need some cornerback help. They just lost Chris Harris. Um, uh, and you know, they traded for AJ Boye, but Outside of him, they don't really have another outside corner. Um, so it makes sense to me. And then we move on. This is a little bit of a, a one-sided trade. Uh, Dante Pettis, who kind of dealt with some injuries and, and, and kind of – it seems like Kyle Shanahan said that he was in the doghouse at the Combine. So that's kind of interesting. But, oh, Wow. Some breaking news from a Philly guy, PJ Walker, who was a sensation in the XFL, just signed with the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah. So anyway, Pettis is a guy who seems to have fallen out of favor in San Francisco after just two years. He's a guy who has really good speed, runs pretty okay routes, just has a dynamic skill set. But if you don't understand the game or you're not working the way your coach wants you to, you can fall out of favor, and maybe he just needs to change the scenery. Uh, Philly. I believe was interested in, in him during the draft process in 2018 swap for swap. Douglas can be some depth at cornerback behind, you know, uh, Aquilo Witherspoon and Richard Sherman. It, again, it's a very one-sided trade and, and I'm getting trashed by 49ers fans because of it. I also don't know, <laughs> understand why the guy who's bothering me follows me, but whatever. Um, well, Pettis like barely played for them last year. So I think, yeah, he had 12, he had like 11 or 12 catches. Like, I mean, I don't think it's like that big. And of they're deal. probably going to draft a wide receiver in the first round too. So yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying, but I, I think they really need to address safety. I think they need to address, you know, there's guys that are getting older on that offensive line. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what, maybe they need to replace, uh, uh, DeForest Buckner cause they're also going to lose Sheldon day too. So they could be looking at somebody like, uh, Javon Kinlaw anyway. Um, and then my last one, uh, Josh Reynolds from the Rams, he's a guy who's always kind of been their perennial fourth wide receiver for the last three years. He worked with new Eagles wide receivers, coach Aaron Moorhead at Texas A&M went on to become a fourth round pick of the Rams played quite a bit when Brendan cooks was dealing with injuries uh, a couple of years ago, Cooper cup was out for a while. He also stepped up there. He can play in the slot. He can play outside, but he's basically a fourth guy. Um, and you know, he's entering the last year of his rookie contract as is Rasul Douglas seemed like a smart swap. 
The Rams really have no cornerback talent outside of Jalen Ramsey. Plus, they don't really have first round picks for the next two years. I think their second round picks gone too. They're, they just like they have no draft inventory. Plus, their um, their uh, their cap situation is kind of rough too. So, I just figured you know adding cornerback depth for a fourth wide receiver makes a little bit of sense. I agree. Um, I am interested to see if they do find much of a market for Razul or not. Uh, that'll be interesting to find out. But I mean, I wouldn't see why not. He's an experienced, uh, experienced kid. I think, and he costs talent. nothing. He costs nothing. Yeah, he, yeah. So why not take even if it's a late draft pick or something? Um, so it seems like they're if if that's all true, then it seems like they're pretty much choosing Sidney Jones over him to stick around, right? Yeah, and which I kind of th- once uh, Unlin left. I kind of figured that because if they hadn't trade traded Sidney Jones to Detroit by then, or he wasn't part of the Darius Slay trade, I was really surprised. That's when I was like, oh, okay. So then that makes sense that, you know, Sidney's the guy that they're going to go with. Obviously he was the guy that they thought of, you know, thought of more highly uh, in the draft. He's also the guy that, um, he's also the guy that kind of has the most upside. So, you know, why not? He's healthy for once this off season. He seems to be eating better. He's taking care of himself by going to this trainer. You know, things are looking up for him. Good for Sydney. All right. Um, before we wrap up in a little bit, we, why don't we go through if there's any, free, like a few free agents you have on your mind that you think the Eagles could or should still pursue. Um, I've always been on the Tajay Sharp train. I think if you're going to wait this out, um, you know, you might as well grab a guy who's got positional versatility, a guy who, you know, you know, can be dependable. Um, Tajay Sharp kind of falls in line with like the Josh Reynolds type trade. Like he's not a guy who's going to be more than probably your number two option, but at least he can be a number two option if he need be. Um, you know, he's a guy who's buried behind some talented guys or guys that, they put a, they've invested high picks in like Corey Davis and AJ Brown were obviously ahead of him as well as Adam Humphreys, who they paid a lot of money to, um, in, in Tennessee. And then you look at the Rams and you've got Brandon cooks and Cooper cup and, uh, Robert Woods ahead of him there ahead of Reynolds there. So I think you need to be creative here. I, I know everybody wants Perryman. Perryman struggled with, with learning playbooks in the past. He struggled with route running. He doesn't as fast as he is. He doesn't really get a lot of yards after the catch. Yeah. He can beat a guy down the field, but after that, he's definitely getting tackled. Um, Robbie Anderson to me, it seems like he overthought his market. I don't think teams want to pay a guy who runs three routes very, very well. $10 million. He's very clearly not a number one wide receiver, especially when you compare him to like five or six of the top guys in this draft class, just their upside in general. Um, you can argue, well, Robbie's done it at the NFL level. Well, really he's had a one 900 yard season. I mean, like I, I, I never understood that. And I took a lot of criticism for that and I'm not being like, ah, I told you so. But like, I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. I don't think he's worth $10 million. I don't, know if he's really the guy i don't know if he's a locker room fit i because I, I, I you know i'm not saying he's a, a a bad teammate but i don't know if he necessarily fits into what they're looking for from that perspective um 
I think he's better off signing with the Jets personally. If he takes a one-year deal and has a 1,200-yard season with nine touchdowns, he's going to get the money he wants. It kind of feels like it's headed towards him just returning to the Jets on a on a one-year prove-it deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally um, agree. Yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it feel like most of the other stuff they're probably going to draft. Like, they're probably not going to sign another linebacker unless somebody they really like is just hanging around that they can get, like, a Zach Brown type who that, that didn't work out. But, like, somebody of that ilk who's, like, been productive. Um, they're probably not going to sign a defensive end, I don't think. I uh, don't think they'll sign any more safeties, probably. Maybe a backup running back. I don't know if there's any guys that are that intriguing that are on the market right now. Unless they brought uh, old Eagles legend Frank Gore back in the mix. I'd be up for that. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that'd be something, huh? Um, Re- retire where, you know, it all started, really. Here, wait. If you'll excuse me, I'll pull up the running back group, and then we can go through it just really quickly. Um, yeah. I know we're kind of talking quite a bit, and I've been a little distracted. Uh, I, I feel like Ian Ra- like the mini Ian Rappaport, I'm getting a ton of text messages during this thing. Like It's funny. Like You watch NFL Network, and he's getting like blown up on his phone in the middle of stuff. You know, Lewis could be interesting. Um, Chris Thompson could be interesting, but they're both 30. Uh, yeah. The problem with this running back group is like they're all older. Peyton Barber could me- maybe be a yeah, guy. That's got, that's kind of the one I had. I mean, he's like not that good is the problem. <laughs> right. He's like a he's like a short yardage guy. They don't really have that right now, I guess. Yeah, I mean CJ Precise maybe. Uh, I mean like I guess David- if, Isaiah, if Isaiah Crowell is healthy, maybe I don't know. Ugh, I'm not touching or that Spence- guy. Spencer Ware, David Fl- David Fluellen. But you know, oh boy. you know what legend is on the market though, right? And they've what? kept. You know what legend is on the market, right? Wendell Smallwood. Yes, yes, yeah. I actually, do, I actually do like a DeAndre Washington as like a low low cost guy. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good that's a good style fit too. Yeah, and I I, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Clement came back also. If Devonta Freeman wanted a one year deal, that'd be interesting. I would do it, but I wouldn't do it for more than three million. Um, yeah. My budget, like, like, like maybe put like incentives for if he plays a lot or something. Yeah, my I'm I'm giving Miles Sanders every available touch, and I also really do like Boston Scott quite a bit. Um, but I think Boston Scott's a third running back. I, yeah. I think we need to like not overvalue everything that he did last year. I, yeah, I, 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 I wonder. I wonder how high the Eagles will be willing to draft like a backup running back this year. Probably like fifth round, I would guess, right, or maybe fourth. Yeah, like it's really there. I mean, I think they want to get young, but I also think they really need a guy who can do multiple things and and can be that yeah. guy. Uh, the one guy I actually prior to uh, his re-signing that I liked was from the the Las Vegas Raiders, Jalen Richard. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he made a lot of sense for them. Pass catcher with speed kind of thing. Yeah, so, yep, that's that's kind of where I come from at running back. All right. Um, I guess any other free agency notes before we – I want to, we want to do one last segment that we're going to try doing for now. Any, any last free agency notes? Um, I would keep an eye on the wide receiver market. I don't think they want to spend um, from based on what yeah. I've heard. Uh, is there a possibility of Perryman? Sure, but I, I just – I don't see them spending more than $2 million on a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, if they can get one of those guys for two million, then you could feel okay about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I am. A, I mean, it's still early, is the thing, and we have to learn our lesson with not overreacting too quick. But I am surprised they haven't signed like anybody at wide receiver, like even like a low end guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
because it feels like they would have by now. But again, it's early. So, I mean, knowing how we'll make a trade that we're all not paying attention for. Um, but yeah, before we go, I thought since we're going to be recording these podcasts seemingly in quarantine for a while, it'd be fun if at the end of each episode we'll, uh, we kind of want, we both just say what, what we're doing with our spare time, whether we're watching something that we really like or we watched a movie or listening to a podcast. I, I, just th- I just think it'd be cool to share what we're going on. And we'd be happy to hear from everybody else what you guys are doing. But you, you go ahead first, Mike. What, what is something you've watched recently or you are watching or that, that you're hyped on right now? Well, if you want to support a, a fellow Philly uh, guy, Dave. Uh, I, knew you're, I knew you were going to go with that. I knew yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I've watched every single one of his four episodes like seven times. It just like it scratches the workaholics itch. If you if you're between the ages of 26 and 36, it's like the perfect show for you. Uh, it's very relatable. It's very funny. And then another thing that I just actually discovered yesterday, Dark Side of the Ring, if you're a wrestling fan, they go through kind of like the Von Erichs, which is a little bit before my time, who have the family curse, uh, spoiler alert, um, the the father, who was the main guy, uh, he had six sons, five of them died before he was, before he passed away. Uh, I mean, they were like the biggest wrestling family in the world uh, during the 80s. Um, and they did something on Macho Man and, and Miss Elizabeth. Macho Man's a very big, was a very big influence on me as a creative person growing up, uh, mainly because I used to say, oh yeah, all the time. Uh, I, I've, oh, actually, <laughs> I've actually never had a Slim Jim, by the way. Uh, really? Not even when you were a kid or anything? No, just it, nothing. It didn't like, I don't really even, it's never happened for you. I just don't eat. <laughs> I don't even eat deli meat. So I'm like a very weird guy. Um, you're a very weird Jew is what you mean. Yeah, That's pretty like, much. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jewish by the way. I can say that. He can say that. Um, <laughs> he was, at my, he wasn't at my bar mitzvah, but he was there in spirit. Um, <laughs> we all are at each other's bar mitzvahs yeah, in spirit. Basically we all know each other. <laughs> yeah. We all know each other. You know, what's funny. Like you bring that up. You remember when we first like started talking we we have a mutual really close friend. It's crazy, uh, you know, our friend Lance. Yeah, yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like weird because we all basically knew each other. Um, and then they just did one on. They're about to do one on Chris Benoit, which I think is a very interesting situation for the wrestling business. Obviously, he killed his wife and his son. At the time, he was considered maybe the best technical wrestler of all time. Uh, I was a huge fan of his. I actually still remember where I was when I found out. Um, It was my 19th birthday. I was sitting in a hotel waiting to start summer uh, semester for my freshman year. Uh, And it was just like this big thing. And and people didn't know that it was a murder-suicide until like two days later. The WWE did this huge thing of like kind of memorializing him. And I remember like kind of getting teary-eyed i'm an emotional guy but like getting very teary-eyed about it as i was watching all these interviews about how upset everybody was because you know he was a big deal and then we found out about the murder suicide and it was like a huge thing that weighed over like maybe like the first three weeks of uh my freshman summer because wrestling's a big deal in in the southeast it's a big deal in jacksonville and so uh it was a topic of conversation for a really long time and uh, I watched the first part. It's on YouTube right now, but the second part is supposedly going to go really into like all the crime of it. And I just found that interesting. So what about you? Those are good wrecks. Um, so I, I'm a big like podcast listener. I don't even really listen to music all that much in my car anymore, but since I haven't really been driving anywhere, it's only when I walk my dog, I listen to podcasts, but one I've been, uh, listening to a lot and just catching up on the last few days is called Conan O'Brien needs a friend. 
It's uh, Conan O'Brien, who I'm sure you all know. He he has a podcast where the idea is basically like when he's when he's interviewing people on the show, he doesn't actually get to know them, even if he like gets along with them pretty well, and then they never talk to each other again. So he thought this is a way for him to like get to know these people. So he has comedians, famous people. He had like Charles Barkley on a recent one. Uh, there was a Will Arnett one recently. He had a quarantine podcast with uh, Andy Daly, who's a like great like character sketch comedian. Um, it's just like a really funny, light thing to listen to if you like podcasts. And um, on Netflix, I watched this movie called Train to Busan. Busan? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's a, it's a South Korean zombie movie that takes place on a train. And it's just it's one of the most well-done zombie movies I've ever seen. The main kid from Parasite is in it. Uh, it, do, it does like a really good job of like character building and like world building. And it's just like, it was just so entertaining and really good. And I highly recommend that. Um, and I've been, I've been rewatching parks and recreation and that show never gets old. All right. Just, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead. I'm just saying it's just easy, easy, sit down and turn off your mind and watch parks and rec kind of situation. You're a big rewatcher. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Um, are there, give me, give the audience two movies that if they've already seen it it's worth re-watching uh like what movies have you re-watched uh over the last week or two well i watched avengers endgame again yeah but that's but the count everybody <laughs> watches that over and over again uh I, not, not in the last week but i very recently rewatched forgetting sarah marshall and i really love that movie um What's another one I rewatched recently? While you're thinking about it, I'll give you the three that I've rewatched uh, this week. Van Wilder, which wow. I don't know why we appreciate that movie as much as we it, it, like our generation appreciates that movie way too much. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. Like Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is great, but like everything else about that movie is absolutely horrifically bad and not funny. Uh, it does not hold up well. Uh, I rewatched Sunset Boulevard. I'm like an old Hollywood guy. Um, I love watching old movies. And so I recently rewatched that. And it's just like kind of incredible the the technical advances that they they kind of like fudged through. Like there's some like the way they edit and the way they do cut scenes and the way Hollywood is treated. It just kind of feels like you're in a completely new world um, just back then. You know, it's post World War Two. Uh, it's talking about the silent era and Hollywood likes making movies about Hollywood, but this feels like a Hollywood movie. That's not like a love letter to Hollywood. It's kind of about the dark side of Hollywood. I, I always found that very intriguing. I was a fan when they adapted it into a musical, my parents wouldn't let me go because they curse a lot and whatever. <laughs> uh, Glenn Close played Norma Desmond in it and she was incredible. We used to listen to it in the car anyway. Um, and then the other movie that I just rewatched and I didn't realize I, I loved it when I first saw it uh, on second viewing. I didn't think it was as good and I'm sure I'll get blown up for this. I watched black Panther and I really loved so it. Good. It's good. But the second time I watched it, I was like, wow, they could have done so much more. And maybe it's just after seeing Endgame, nothing's going to be the same ever again. But like, I thought that there was so much more to do with Michael B. Jordan. I thought Michael B. Jordan crushed every scene that he was in and i guess you don't want to put too much heat on the villain because then the main character becomes kind of uh like distant kind of like if you watch the old batman not the old batman movies but like the tim burton batman movies were all about the villain uh to the point where michael keaton was a supporting character uh and i think that's something that christopher nolan did very very well with not making him a supporting character so 
I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like Michael B. Jordan is a guy that I cannot stop watching. I think that guy is an incredible actor. If there was going to be um, like a, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, if they're doing a Green Lantern and they're going to do a Jonathan Stewart, Michael B. Jordan would be my choice. A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. <laughs> Like I, I just I love watching that guy act. I think he's phenomenal. So, yeah, I'll put that out there. Oh, another controversial thing that I want to bring up: twenty dollars to see movies that are in theaters. I understand the thought process of trying to make up the budget uh, for theaters. I understand the thought process of thinking that there'll be more than one person in a room. But you and I are very big movie movie buffs. I go to the movie theater to escape and to have an experience there renting a movie for $20 on my TV is not going to do it for me. What's your take? <laughs> I actually understand the $20 just because you're paying for something that wouldn't be available otherwise or whatever. I mean, but the only movies that are available right now aren't really that inspiring is the, is, I think the main, like if right. Black Widow was there, it'd be different than if whatever the, the hunt or whatever is right. If an event movie, know. an event movie makes sense. Like if star Wars, yeah. like I can understand if star Wars came out two weeks ago and then they were putting it on there and I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah. Take my money. Even though it's terrible. I yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that'd be, that, that's a terrible waste of money actually. <laughs> but, well, I mean, but, but I'm just saying like an event. I, I, movie I, 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 get your, I get your point. I get your point. All right. Um, uh, I think that's enough pop culture talk for now. I hope you guys, if you guys like like us talking about that stuff, let us know. We'll we'll keep doing it. I think we, Mike and I both like talking about movies, so we'll keep filling you guys in on what we're doing. Um, if the Eagles make any other moves, we'll be back with another free agency pod. Otherwise, we'll check back in with you guys probably next week. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you write some reviews, leave some comments. <laughs>